What makes a great solar business? How can you learn from the past and prepare for the future so your solar business thrives? We set out to answer these questions and more. My name is Nigel Morris and I'm the Head of Business Development at Solar Analytics. Welcome to Great Solar Business, proudly brought to you by Solar Juice. Well, listeners, welcome back to another episode of Great Solar Business. Thanks, by the way, uh, for the great feedback that I've had from everyone on the on the last few episodes. This week, we're going to discuss the topic, the secrets of scaling up a solar business. Solar businesses come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, and you don't necessarily have to be big to survive and prosper. However, for everyone, there comes a point at which you start asking the question, how do I scale up my business? There are a myriad of challenges to overcome, but what are these challenges and how do you overcome them? To answer these questions, I pinned down the owner of one of Australia's most successful solar retail businesses to have a yak. He's been awarded the Brisbane Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award, placed third in the AFR Fast 100, came seventh in Australia's Top 100 Young Entrepreneur listing, and his company is called InStyle Solar. Please welcome me in, uh, join me, I should say, in welcoming Carl Brown. Carl, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, Nigel. That was a pretty good build-up there. You should probably have a chat with my wife and uh, let her know about all them accolades. So. <laughs> Mate, uh, they are some good accolades. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you've been one of those guys that's uh, something of a quiet achiever, I have to say, Carl. You um, you kind of uh, just beaver away there and have won some some very, uh, very well-deserved accolades. So good on you, mate. What you. A, to get started, um, give us a brief history. Let's start at the beginning. Um, what's your background and how did you end up uh, coming into the solar industry uh, and, and being where you are today? Yeah, look, background, I've, I've been in sales for or in sales type positions, whether it's management uh, or whatever, for nearly 20, 22 years now. So I'm starting to feel really old. 22 years now. So uh, prior to getting into solar, I'd worked in the telco industry quite quite a lot and just before was in the recruitment and, and mining game. So a little bit of a switch going from uh, mining to solar. But uh, <laughs> look, I guess what it was is I, I was looking for looking for something new. I wanted a major change. I, I, I Realistically, I'd got quite sick of wearing a suit and tie almost every day and going into the city in, in the corporate world and was looking for something different and uh, had a couple of friends that had worked in the solar space and... Um, you know, a little bit different to what we're doing. They're looking at thermal solar and you know solar air conditioning, and they're doing a few things in the in the mining space for that. But um, I had an opportunity to go to a company that was on the Gold Coast at the time. They're, they're no longer with us, but um, and uh, I agreed to set up their Brisbane operation. Mm-hmm. So we set up their Brisbane operation, and, and everything was going quite well, and we were doing quite good sales, but. Uh, Essentially, as, as it happens in this industry, the, the bonuses shift and the bonuses always keep changing and uh, it just wasn't wasn't working anymore. So that's when we decided to uh, found Install Solar. So that was uh, just over seven and a half years ago now and uh, that that's how it started. But basically, it was just noticing it pop up around the neighbourhood, if, if I'm honest, and constantly yeah. seeing more and more solar be put on people's homes and, you know, wanting just wanting to do a little bit more uh, from a social aspect rather than purely working for a large corporate was realistically what started me in this direction. 
Good on you, mate. Well, well, and, and it always amazes me uh, where people have come from into this industry, and, and you're no exception, mate, to, to make a switch and recognise an opportunity. Good on you. So, Carl, here we are. It's um, it's uh, 2021. Um, we've got challenges all around us. Just before we started recording, we were talking about the challenges of running a business during lockdown and, and how tricky that is. But Install Solar has become a, a really significant player in the industry now. What's your secret, man? No one's listening. Uh, tell me, <laughs> tell me what the secret is. What what are the what are the top three things that you've learned on how to scale up your business from 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 the point where you went, okay, here's an opportunity, and you sat down at your computer and started creating that business to where you are today. What what are the three big things that you learned about how to successfully scale up? Look, I think. I'll touch on one thing before we just quickly go into that, Nigel. And I, th- I think the industry as a whole has a real stigma around sales, you know, and calls a lot of people sales companies. But essentially, being a sales business or being a salesperson doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a scumbag or be unethical. There's lots of ways to do things, but essentially, it all comes down to sales and sales methodologies. So, number one um, for us is definitely leads. So, yep, pretty obvious, but. You know, you've really got to have a predictable lead generation model and know where you're going to be able to get your leads from. Yep. So we have never really sat back relying on the phone to ring. We've had multiple ways that we've, we've done it over the years. But, you know, we did start out as a door-to-door organisation, which we got away from a long time ago, and I understand the stigmas around that. But essentially, you've got to, no matter what, whether it's door-to-door, whether it's phones, whether it's uh, whichever way you generate your leads, if it's predictable, you shouldn't be able to know how much you put in and what it's going to give you back. Yep, yep. And if you get it to be predictable, and there's always going to be some variations to it, but if it's relatively predictable, you can either put more money in or more effort in to get a better result. Yep. And then it's about obviously being able to manage the operational expenditure of being able to, you know, uh, fulfill what you're, what, you're, what you're promising from there. But essentially, leads is number one. Got it. Um, Next part, sales, which is obviously pretty straightforward. But look, what we see, and everyone sees this now in the industry still now, you'll see someone come in and post, you know, a quote that's been done by a previous person who's gone into someone's house and it'll be on a piece of paper, scribbled all over everything. So what that still screams out to me is that a lot of the industry really realistically doesn't have um, a sales structure or a sales process or any methodologies around what they do. Yep. And if you think about that and... Look at the other side of this industry where you have or the other, where you have people installing. If you look at all the processes that you know most of the, the good companies in this space have, they're dotting everything. You know, dotting everything, crossing everything. It's almost the level that they go to is insane. Yet they don't do it on the start on the front of their business. So oh, you know, what I mean? so yeah. that's um, to me that's the biggest biggest problem. And you know, you, you've got to have a good presentation. And, yeah, I, I feel that that's probably a key thing. And, and, look, a lot of people in this game obviously have came from a technical background or are electricians that have gone into solar. So I, I guess it's why we have a little bit of a, little bit of a, a difference there. But I would say that's, that's a big thing. And I guess the, the next part is reputation and ownership. You know, we, we obviously – everyone – sets out to do everything perfectly. But I think if we have anyone who's been in solar for a while now knows that, you know, things can go wrong. Um, it is what it is. 
But at the end of the day, I think it's having a culture in your business where you own any mistakes and you fix or go go above and beyond to make sure that the consumer at the end of the day has a good experience, even if they've had a poor one initially. You know, and that's not to say that, as I said, no one's perfect. But at the end of the day, if you own what you do, stand behind what you what you believe in and what your company believes in, and you know, I, I believe they're the three things that genuinely make a difference across across a business. That's that's that is. Uh... Just absolute gold, Carl. And, and, you know, there are a lot of ways to build a solar business, any business, of course. And, yeah. uh, you know, when we, we chatted last, uh, last episode, actually, with um, uh, Dean Mannix, who I'm sure you, you've heard of around the traps, yes. and he talked a lot about sales process as well and, and about that, that distinction that, um, you know, like you say, you, 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 we've got a really strong process mentality in the install side and and why wouldn't you have that in the sales party business as well it's 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 just as essential if you're going to get that growth that that is an awesome insight mate i really appreciate that the sale so number one is leads number two is sales process number three is is you know maintaining your reputation yeah another side of that too is one of the things i guess sort of kind of fits in the middle there is also you got to find something that makes you different and makes yeah. your business different. Yeah. And a lot of the time when we talk about it in this game as well, like a lot of us are selling basically the same products. So if you think people go, well, how do you make yourself different? But it's, I guess it's how you deliver that. You know, so you, you, you need to be able to, just because the way someone um, puts an inverter or, or you know, a system to, towards a consumer doesn't mean you have to present it in the same way. Right. You know, right. And, you know, once again, a lot that come from the technical side of the business will focus on the things that excite them and they're passionate about, which is the tech, you know. Um, but to be fair, what we found over the years is that most consumers forget all that five minutes after you leave the house. Right. So um, it's, it's, it's a matter of finding what works for you and just finding, I guess, what you genuinely believe in and what you want your, your staff and the, the rest of your team to believe in about your business. Love it. Love it. So uh, that that's awesome, but, but undoubtedly along the way, uh, like all businesses, you've you've had some big challenges, right? Um, we, we, <laughs> I can hear you laughing there. It's, in fact, the conversation we were having before about lockdown is undoubtedly exactly. one of the biggest challenges. Um, with the benefit of hindsight, mate, over the last uh, seven years or so that you've been running the business, what would you do differently? What, what you know, what was the biggest thing that you went, oh, I would have done that a bit different. I think there's been heaps, to be honest. Um, there's been there's been tons of mistakes that I've, I've made that have cost us the company a, t- a ton of money. You know, I guess the key thing there is when you when you realise you've made a mistake is just you know be quick to cut your cut your losses and move on and not chase them. You know, mm-hmm. but I think um, the two things that stand out for me is uh, complacency. Uh, uh-huh. One of them one of them has been you can be absolutely killing it and you think you've cracked the code to solve and everything's going great and then you, all of a sudden it all just everything just stops working. Right, things yeah. change a lot in this business, right? And, very quickly. And, and, yeah, you've got to be, you got to have your eye on that ball. Very, very quickly, and that's one of the things that we really check quite often now, compared to what we did earlier on in the piece, just to make sure that we, we're tracking everything. And a lot of that has come down to over the last twelve months. Um, I don't know, we've got a chat about this before as well, but over the last twelve months, we've spent a lot of money uh, building, you know, business intelligence tools a lot of different AI-type reporting. We've just built a AI-driven um, call centre dialer that works out of our call centres, which actually 
is a coaching tool and transcribes every conversation that we have and things like that. And people go, well, why would you do all that? But it allows us to track all our conversions and we can see when the complacency is coming. So now we can run all these reports and have metrics on. We pretty well track every single metric you could think of across the whole business. And we've done that so that we can track, so, so we can, if I don't spot it, someone else in my leadership team can spot that we're just, you know, where, where we're going and, and where we're at. But look, the, the biggest one, 100%, is COVID. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, we'll talk, as I said, we'll talk about this before. Like, we've just gone from flying along incredibly, having a record, easily a record year. We're so far up on the previous year, it's not funny. And now just shutting down New South Wales, Victoria, and South Australia to installs is essentially about between 450 and 500K a week in revenue that we lose. Wow. You know, so not lose, we'll get it back. We're going to have to install it. But then we've got a, it looks like you start to think that there's a skill shortage around. And sometimes it is a skill shortage, but other times it's just that all the work has been compressed into a short period of time. Yes. And, you know, when we when we all come out of this COVID situation that we're in now, we're going to come into the peak periods of solar and then we're all going to be, you know, scrambling, <laughs> scrambling fighting again. for the same people again like we all were last year trying to get everything installed. And, yeah. and yeah. you know, it creates – sometimes you've got to wonder whether the lulls are actually being created by other things other than just uh, sales. You know, when you look at the start of this year, I know a lot of people were saying that it had actually that there was a bit of a dip, but – it's whether it was a dip or whether we had a large spike due to the lockdowns. Right. Because Melbourne, we couldn't install for a long time, we think, last year. So yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's a very, very interesting one, but it's one we can't plan for. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. That's, that's for sure. That's for sure. Oh, it's awesome, awesome tips. And you and I have chatted before about the way you use uh, AI in your business, artificial intelligence in your business mm. to, to keep that constant learning loop. And that's something that we do a lot with both AI and with Fuzzy Logic in, in not only our business, but also our software, of course, where you've got this yeah. constant loop of learning and, 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 you know, that, 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 uh, that tip on uh, watching for complacency creeping into your business. I love that. That's, that's such an important one. So, um, you know, the other, the other thing that I'm interested to know, Carl, because you've, you've got a, a number of um, strings to the business, if you like, and a lot of people talk to me about one of the keys to survival and prosperity in a solar business being diversity. Um, you know, it helps you avoid these pitfalls that we inevitably get uh, in the solar coaster. Talk to me about diversity. What have you done or, or, or have you done, have you not focused on diversity, but what have you done to, to make sure that you've got enough diversity in your business so that when we go through, you know, these valleys of death in, 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 uh, in, in, in income. Um, yeah. How do you, how do you get around that? Uh, what do you use? How do you use diversity in your business? I think for most things you can, it's, it's, it's quite easy to plan for. I think with the, with, with something like a COVID lockdown, it's extremely hard to, there's not much you can do because it just, it just stops you completely as we were discussing earlier. But with, with us, we, we were guilty early on of having all our eggs in one basket from a marketing perspective or a lead generation perspective. Right. And I, I feel that's that's where we spend a lot of our time making sure that we've got multiple streams coming in. And what I mean by that is everyone everyone uses social media now, so it's no secret we'll, we'll, we were really heavy in that early in the, in the day. But we've also um, got multiple other streams of where our leads come from, whether that's with partnerships or you know, through um, small JVs, whether it's working with some builders or, you know, all different things. But I think it's having as many um, separate streams of uh, leads possible 
is, is the way that you can keep your business going. So we try not to run on any of them at 100%. Yep. Uh, and the, the simple thing is, and sometimes you do, but I think if you, that, that's probably the biggest thing that we've learned is you can, you can easily tap out a market uh, quickly if you go too hard. And sometimes yep. running at that 80% is just better because you've got the new people coming into them, segments of people as well, and you're not trying to, you know, pull out all the value in one hit. And I, I've, it's it's hard to quantify that and explain that in a very quick conversation without showing data. But that's essentially what we what we try and do, and uh, try to make sure that we've got as many streams as possible. This now, and the other side for us being a, a large, I guess, a larger business is um, spreading out geographically. Yeah. So it hasn't cool. helped us this time because obviously all three are down in one go. But if you look at um, single state lockdowns, a single state lockdown is going to affect us, but it's not. Um, it's not dire, you know. Like it's it, you're not sitting there going, "What do I do with all the people?" Um, you know, how do how do we manage that? Whereas when you get a three state lockdown, you start looking at it going, "Well, what?" You know, that that's a, it's that a very, a bit very more challenging. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot more challenging. Yeah. And you, the hard part with that again is managing people's expectation in the business that don't feel they should be affected by it. And yeah. that's when you come back to a head office level in Brisbane. We've got no lockdown here. Yep. But you know, a good chunk of them people are here to manage the other the other states. Yeah. You know? So they're not here just for Brisbane. They they work in Brisbane. Yep. But you know, a lot of these people are looking after, you know, uh, whether it's compliance, whatever it is, across the business. They they might predominantly work on Adelaide, or predominantly work on Melbourne, or predominantly work on Sydney. And now, right, it's not a lot for them to do. Right. Right, right. Yeah, so that's where, uh, you know, uh, management processes and uh, people skills come into it, right, is managing, yes. managing yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, wow. pretty well, pretty well. Lots of fun. So, so um, you, you, you've become a very material player, and I know you're very competitive in the marketplace, but I also know that you don't, you don't compete at the bottom end of the market. You don't sell at bottom end prices. How do you, and, and you know, becoming material, becoming large, against such a throng of, you know, uh, ghastly budget sales compet- sales competitors in a market. How do you how do you what's your secret to dealing with that, Carl? I believe you've got to set a standard for yourself to start with. Um, and what I mean by that when I say set a standard is, you know, if we really want to, everyone can get down to these ridiculously low prices. But at the end of the day, you've got to work out what, what you stand for as, as a business. And once again, what I said earlier, like we, we're not perfect. But if a customer rings up and has an issue, we're going to go out. And that's where a lot of these cheap, the cheaper companies obviously stop. You know, they, they, they won't go out. They'll charge to go out. They do all these things. So we, one of the things that we do focus on is the fact that, you know, you've got a warranty with us for whether it's the, the five-year or 10-year workmanship warranty, um, depending on which part of the country we're in is that we're actually going to be around for it and be sustainable. Now, it's easy for everyone to say that because there's been so many solar companies go bust and it technically means nothing unless you fulfil it. Yeah. But that that is one of the areas where we do focus on. Like, There's been so many companies obviously go bust and we don't need to go over all of that. But um, that we do we do utilise the fact that we have been around for a while. We've, we've never had any debt in the business. We've never had a loan to grow the business. We've never had anything along them lines for it and you know people look at awards and go well um you know you're going in that for your own self-vanity and things like that but when you go in the afr awards they do go through your financials pretty heavily before they put you the third fastest growing company in australia so we're able to utilize that and to be able to leverage off the fact that so many go broke and that we've been able to pass 
uh, through, I guess, a, yeah, a microscopic um, view of our, our business. So that's that's one of the, that's one of the ways. The the other way is is that we differentiate ourselves quite heavily away from them, and um, we actually do we actually educate through our sales presentation the people that are in the in in the industry. And when I say people, I'm not talking about you know mum and dad solar companies are the great businesses. I am talking about the you know the euros of the world and things like that, which you know we. This is my view, not Instyle's view. Phoenix every couple of years. Um, just putting a little bit of a indemnity clause in there in case one of them's listening and decides to, you know, not like what I'm saying. But you know, they are the blights of the industry, and they're the ones that I guess um, make it difficult for a lot in the industry too, based on the pricing they put forward when they have no view on anything they put forward. Yeah, you know, so you got to really work out a way to differentiate yourself away from them rather than complain about the price they're selling at. Right, I think right. it's the biggest thing. And if, and if you can't go out there with any level of confidence and present yourself at a higher level than, you know, the Bell Solars and the um, Euros of the world, then you've you got to really have a good look at whether you, you should be selling or whether you should just be installing if, if, if I'm honest. Yeah. Because they're, they're not a hard thing to differentiate yourself from. And then you've just got to work out the more you differentiate, the more that value gap becomes, which is what you can obviously sell, sell solar at. And run a sustainable business. Yeah. Oh, so much good stuff, Carl. So much good stuff. But listen, let's just take a pause and a breather and hear a message from our sponsors. SolarJuice is Australia's leading solar distributor, providing complete residential and commercial rooftop solar component solutions. SolarJuice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality and value for money, like their panel brands, REC, Hyundai, Trina and Longy. Their inverters, SMA, Fronius and SunGrow, along with the Tesla Powerwall battery. Check out solarjuice.com.au and let SolarJuice help you become a great solar business. Carl, uh, my head is swimming uh, and I wish we only we had more than uh, 30 minutes, but we don't, unfortunately. I'm, I'm going to have to take you out for a beer and a long dinner sometime and, and really dig into this stuff. It's fascinating to me and I know our listeners as well. But listen, uh, just to wrap up, let's, um, let's switch gears a little bit and let's focus, switch our focus to the future. Um, yes. So, number one, what are the major changes that you expect to increase on your business in the next year or two? What 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 do you what do you think is going to have to change? This is a tough one because as we were discussing before, planning is hard. Like you can't plan a holiday at the moment without knowing whether you're going to be able to go to it. And yeah. here we are all trying to plan the next you know couple of years in, in solar. Um What has to change? What has to change? What has to change? I mean, when, when I've talked about this with other people, they've said, oh, you know, it's going to be batteries, it's going to be EVs, or it's um, it's internal processes and systems, it's automation. You know, what, what are the things that bubble to the top for you? Look, I think as, as we do see business, look, it's getting more price competitive out there. So I do believe a lot of automation and a lot of, uh, you know, different AI-driven tech is going to make a massive difference to the way we run businesses. You know, we're we're going we're running through a massive middle middle business space on that at the moment, where we're trying to almost automate everything. And it's not to let people go; it's to repurpose them so it can be more consumer based. But it's it's a very difficult uh, question to fully answer, if I'm honest, Nigel. But it's what has to change. 
I think one of the biggest things that has to change is the industry needs to stop ripping itself down from the inside, which is something that everyone, uh, not everyone, there's some really good players in this game, but it's a, it's an interesting one where, you know, it's very hard to find someone who's got anything good to say about anyone else they're competing against, you know, and I think, I think that's something that needs to change a little bit if we, if we want the view of the industry from a consumer standpoint to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. More love, Carl. More love. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Less hate. Yeah, Not yeah. more love, but just less hate. <laughs> less hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's good. That's a good answer. <laughs> what about um? What about consumer expectations, mate? What What are the trends that you've been witnessing, and and where do you think they're going to go over the next year or two? You know, what are consumers telling you that you're going to have to deliver uh, through their behaviour? They're always wanting more value. I, I feel that the fact that there's a hell of a lot more marketing going out in the storage space and, you know, there's, you know customers are starting to ask about things like virtual power plants and um, different different things. You know, storage has always been a way for people to start talking about solar. I think it's something that everyone's always, you know, customers have always asked for. But we are seeing a lot more people genuinely chasing that rather yep. than um, using it as a conversation starter. Yep. So I, I do believe that that's going to be, and I'm not, yeah, everyone, I think everyone in the industry kind of knows this, but I feel like it's going to be the back end of this year we'll start to see that um, go a hell of a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah I think it. it's more, yeah. I think, I think in a nutshell, I think it's it's hard to work out which way to go there, but I think that's that's the, that that is what consumers are technically really wanting to know more about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, oh, awesome, awesome, and 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 one more just to wrap it all up, and maybe you've yeah. already answered that. Maybe yeah. you kind of already answered that. But what's your most controversial prediction for the next year? What's what's your crystal ball telling you you absolutely have to prepare for? Yeah, look, the the biggest prediction. I've been saying this since the start of the year. To be fair, look, I, I feel that this year is going to be a year a year for either consolidation of businesses or liquidation of businesses, and I think we keep seeing. Yeah, there's been quite a few businesses going to uh, liquidation this year, um, and you can see that just by the, the you know a lot of the pricing that gets thrown around on, on advertisements, and yeah. you know you have businesses that have been selling at you know I guess reasonable, sustainable values for years that have done great, all of a sudden start selling at bargain basement prices, thinking that they're going to be able to achieve a, a certain level to be able to keep going, and. Yeah, I think that's going to be the, the the prediction. I think you know, I think that's going to keep happening. I, you know, I think we've seen a couple more go in the last three or four weeks, and obviously a major player that was up here in Brisbane, obviously, uh, you know, went a few weeks ago, who's already phoenixed, which is um, great. But just touching on that knowledge, if you don't mind, if I just elaborate on that a little bit. No, go. One of the things that makes it really uh, frustrating in this game, I guess, for me, is the people that get burnt when a company goes under. The consumers get burned, obviously, and we understand all that. But the distributors get burned and the brands get burned. Yep. So I guess one of the things that um, frustrates me is, and I'm just using this particular one as an example, who went under not long ago, he's already Phoenix. He's registered the new company in his name. He hasn't hidden anything. Yet you have brands already, you know, partnering with him to sell their products. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to me. And I think... I think at some point, once again, the industry rips itself down from the inside. These distributors have got to stop, you know, complaining about their margins. If they're going to support, you know, in their margin, they allow for risk, and risk is people going under. If they're going to just support 
the new company that the person sets up two weeks before he liquidates his previous one. <laughs> you know, so it's 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 that's my view again, not in Style Solar's view, but um, essentially that's you know like it's it's got that's got to change. You can't. I don't know. Everyone complains about phoenixing, you know that, but it's I just don't understand how these are the people in our industry who are quite well known supporting the phoenix. Yeah. I hear you, mate. I hear you. When I was chatting with Dean Mannix in the last episode, he, yeah. I asked him the question about you know whether the solar industry was just the same as all under other industries and how aggressive and competitive and ferocious and phoenixing and all that kind of stuff. And he said, no, no, no. There's no industry like the solar industry. You guys are insane. No, no. It, it is a bit, and that's what it feels like to me. But it's you know like you've got really good players in this game and. I do, you know, that are, are, you know, some quite really good people, which you know, and I just don't understand how how they can make that decision to, to support someone who literally has gone through a public liquidation. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. It's just not, it's not good business. And yeah. it's not good for the industry. And this person will end up phoenixing again, more than likely, you know. Yeah. Um, it's very rare that if people get it wrong on multiple occasions running a business that they're going to get it, you know, if, yeah. Look, everyone makes mistakes, but it's if you're if you're setting up a new business while your current one going broke is still running, then you're kind of doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is um, that is uh, a really great point to wind up on, Carl. It's uh, it's it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for. Uh, sharing some of your secrets. Um, there's some great stuff in there for everyone to learn from. And and, and thanks for joining us, mate. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, friends, that's a wrap. My name's Nigel Morris. I'm the head of business development at Solar Analytics. I hope you picked up some tips on how to build a great solar business, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Great Solar Business was brought to you by Solar Juice, Australia's leading solar distributor. Solar Juice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality, and value for money. Check out solarjuice.com.au and let Solar Juice help you become a great solar business.